time for another episode of Smoking Underground. We smoke the Cohiba Blue. We talk Cohiba. Go ahead. Take it, Gary. What's better than having your girlfriend change your flat tire in the middle of the city hood? Smoking Underground. Episode Movie Night. Got a light. Hello and welcome to Smoking Underground. Thank you for joining us today here in the world wide web of podcasts. My name is Devin. I'm joined by Mr. Gary and Mr. John here in the Smoking Underground studios that you can hear so lovely our separate three audios. How are you guys doing today? I'm sorry. Am I spoiling everything right now? Well, it's an audio podcast, not a video, so... Oh, that's right. It is. Just those who are watching live. That's all. Sorry. Yes. I was actually putting the Cohiba blue tag in front of the camera up here thinking everyone would see it on the replay. And well, you can forget that. So I saw it. So sarcastically, I said, well, shove that. There you are. I found a nice article on Cohiba and I have all of these bands they've had over the years. Oh yeah. Great discussion for, uh, for video. So maybe when we do a, a video will uh, cover that. We've got to hit some live streams every now and then. Yeah. Well, so today we are uh, going to be smoking the Cohiba Blue. It's a medium-bodied cigar, um, oh, and I yeah. love the way they described it. I'm just going to use their language. It's draped in stunning Olancero San Augustine wrapper, overtop aged long leaf from Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, and Honduras. Yes, sir. I like the I like the phrase they used. It's uh, you know, draped in. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, right. Um, so Gary, I've never actually had this cigar. So um, what am I going to be expecting here? You will be enjoying it immensely, sir. I will let you know that I think that you'll have an ex- uh, a a very pleasant experience off of this with hints of sweet leather, earth, cream, and cinnamon. Is it going to be uh, consistently smooth, or is there going to be some changes? Oh uh, no, I, I think it's going to it's going to have some subtle changes, but okay. it's it's all it's all of the uh, to me it's going to be all of the uh, consolidated changes within the cigar as as always. Um, I think it's going to change flavors about maybe a third or maybe a quarter of the way down. Possibly, you'll get a little bit of here and there. You'll enjoy it. John, would you put this in your top 10 in any capacity whatsoever, or at least top 20? Top 10 most surprising. Most uh, Okay. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good descriptor. I like that. Yeah, because, of course, I smoked mine a day or two ago, because right. being in the control room here, I can't partake with everybody. I ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, tell us what you thought about it while we light up yeah. ours, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, please do, John. But then I'm going to bias what you guys think about it. That's a good point. Well, I've had one. All I can remember is it was good. I remember that. And I wouldn't mind smoking one again. So I'm I'm very, very curious to hear Devin's um, place in this. While I'm taking it in for the first time, it did lead me to think of a um, an interesting topic of compartmentalization of not branding cigars, but like just classifying them in your head. Because for me, it's a matter of good or meh. Good, not necessarily bad. It's like good, I would smoke it again. Bad, I wouldn't smoke it again. Generally speaking, putting cigars into basically those three categories. I mean, do you ever find yourself doing anything like that? Put it in, would I smoke again? Would I... So you got it in a, a good, a very broad strokes. Good, I'd smoke this again. Meh, if there's nothing else, I'd probably smoke it. And no, I will not smoke that again. I would probably have two buckets. Well, th- I might have three. They're slightly different. Okay. Cigars that I really like, but will only smoke on occasion. Right. Cigars that I smoke. And then 
cigars that I'll smoke if there's absolutely nothing available. Interesting. Mm. Where do you think you're going to put this Cohiba? It's going to be... It's it's a tough one to say, and that really gets into talking about the cigar. Gotcha. Okay. It's completely understandable. I mean, everybody groups things the, the way they do. Um, I've got some. Obviously, we, everybody's got their own standards of what they put in, what they put in, and where they put them. Uh, we tend to smoke a um, pretty middle to high end here on the show. I, I can't recall any like super, super cheap cigars we've ever smoked. It's usually $10 and up. And there's only been a select few that have been in the, um, eh, meh kind of category. The rest of them, it's like, yeah, I'd smoke that again. I don't remember what it tastes like, but I know it was good. Uh, actually, we're beginning to adjust a little bit and get a little bit more, get a little bit more in the six to eight, nine dollar uh, range for cigars. Uh, I think there's a few in the selections we've chosen for upcoming episodes. Yeah. And especially uh, going forward, because we've got to hit those a little bit harder because of the way price increases have been. We've got to certainly got to figure out what, what the working man can afford. And you know what? The great thing about doing cigars like that is you can go to birminghamcigars.com to find the full online inventory. They have a very quick shipping and I believe it's over 50 bucks. You get uh, free shipping on that order. At least as of the day we're recording this podcast, everything's subject to change because I believe the uh, post office is changing prices in the near future. Really? Again. Wait, the government's going to change something for their benefit? What? I'm sorry. The government has nothing to do with the post office. It's an independent company. Okay. Sure it is. You keep telling yourself that. So, Cohiba Blue. Now, I heard vaguely on something I was listening to that the red dot on it is an allusion to something else, but I didn't catch it. Do you remember what that was, John? Gary? Go ahead, John. The red dot in Cohiba that we buy, and we say you can buy at Cigars and More, uh, basically any retailer in the United States. The red dot is in the O in the word Cohiba, and that's indicating it is not a Cohiba product. It is a Scandinavian tobacco slash general cigars Cohiba product. Interesting. That's kind of what the topic will focus on a little bit more today. Gotcha. Because I remember I was I was reading up and listening up on stuff for the show. And they're talking about it's Cuban this and Cuban that and Cuban this. And everybody just assumes it's it's all Cuban made and Cuban cigars. But I hear there's some doubt about that. Okay, here's the deal, basically. And this is all in a nutshell. Here's the situation. His parents yeah. went away. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. So... Freaking Cuba, okay. Cuba Cohiba made pretty was made pretty big. Let's just all let's lay it on the table. Cuban Cohiba was made very large, okay, in tandem with um, Fidel Castro's uh, takeover. That was his cigar. That's what he smoked every time that you took a picture of Fidel Castro. He was with a Cohiba in his mouth. That was his baby, okay. So all of that right there was the big hype with the Cohiba. Okay, so you had that nice yellow and white black band that man just stood out, whatever else. And in this particular case, it wasn't that band at that time. It was a little bit smaller. Okay, but nevertheless, anyway, that's what that was his cigar. That's what made it so boastful because the king of the world at that time, in his mind, smoked Cohiba. And so when that happened, of course, somewhere along the line, about somewhere in the mid-90s, if you will, General said, hey, listen, what we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to uh, actually earlier than that, General basically just said, which is Scandinavian now, 
basically said, hey, we're going to, since you're a communist country, since you have no, you know, you're, you're your own thing, we're going to take Cohiba and we're going to make our own Cohiba over here. And there ain't a thing you can do about it. Well, lo and behold, uh, the Cuban government basically just said, hey, we're going to carry you to court, Supreme Court. We're going to carry you to the world court and we're going to get that back. And uh, anyway, back in the early 1990s, all the way up to 2006, they basically just said, sit down, shut up. You can't do anything about it. And general, or just in this particular case, Scandinavia said, you know, uh, you've got it. You can have that particular name. Leave it like it is. Your trademark is good to go. So now Cuba says, no, it's not. No, because you're, you're infringing on our name. And that's basically where it stands as of today. And now they've got another batch. It's going to be coming out. I think it's two. I think it's this year, isn't it, John? Something like that. Well, it's it is a very interesting story in that. Very much yeah. so. Cohiba, the first Cohiba cigar was rolled in 1963, and it was unnamed and unbanded, mm-hmm. and it quickly became Castro's favorite cigar. That's it. Now. He had his own cigar roller that would roll his cigars, probably a security thing. So all his cigars were rolled exclusively for him by one individual. And about 1967, 66, well, 66, he came up with the name Cohiba, and the cigar started to be banded. And about 67, they started to be marketed uh, in Cuba. Uh, in 69, they've kind of standardized to three sizes. So that gets the exact timeline. And in 1978 uh, is when General decided, hey, uh, we could go ahead and use the Cuban name, kind of monopolizing on Cuban cigars. Uh, and people, oh, you know, this is a Cuban, you know, it's a Cohiba, it's a Cuban cigar, and all that, all that, all hype. of that, yeah. And so they they just yeah. create they just created this name out of nowhere to differentiate it a little bit. They use that red dot in the O in the word, and they went ahead and trademarked the name, thinking Cuba being a communist country. And not only being a communist country, because actually trademarks that China uses are the U.S. government recognizes and kind of sort of maybe vice versa. But because we have this embargo against Cuba and no trade dealings, General Cigar felt that that was an available trademark. And so did the Federal Trade Commission, and they issued the, the trademark. Um, about 90, mid nineties, six, about 96, I think. Yeah. It's not 96, 97. They, uh, Cubalero, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, God, uh, uh, it should be Cuba, Cuba tobacco. I think it is. Uh, Amprezia Cuba, Cubana del Tabacco. Tobacco. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. In 97, fi- uh, filed the first lawsuit. And it w- it's bounced back and forth in court, back and forth in court, and nobody's wanted to make a decision. And finally, it went to the, Hake- the Cohiba trademark does. How do I want to go that? In 97, they filed lawsuit that. Uh, General Cigar cannot hold this trademark. And it's went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, in uh, December of 20, December of 2022, so as recently as less than six months ago, as of the date of a recording, the Trademark Commission, the uh, TTAB, and I can't remember, uh, Trademark Trial and Appeal Board, which is where you go if you are contesting a trademark, they cited in favor of the Cuban cigar conglomerate that they found history of the Cohiba name and its trademark dating back to 1929. Uh-huh. So General Cigar can't use it. 
And that's where we sit right now. Except, uh, and I mean, I can get really deep into this. Oh, yeah. It goes deep. Yeah, well, give us the cliff notes. We're just doing. Cliff we're notes. just trying to do the brief. Well, I've I've already overview. given you cliff notes. John's diving into it. Uh, in February of this year, 2023, General has filed another lawsuit against Cuba in this dispute, basically saying that the Trademark Commission had no right to make a judgment and that they should should still control the the trademark. Interesting. So what's going to happen is that all of this crap is going to continue to overturn and roll because it's going to continue to be appealed until the final judgment is made, which God only knows when. So the Cohiba name is going to stay out there until one of the courts is going to say, stop it and no more appealing. You're done. It's gone. Uh, Or uh, you can use it. Stop trying to sue them everything's dropped now they can they can use the name from now on it's done so and that's the reason why cohiba has done what they've done because it's all been appeal so cohiba's name has been out there since 1996 and it will continue to be out there until a final ruling has been done you'll not yeah it seems odd to me because cuba doesn't seem like they want to be a part of the world so that's the great point. Good God. Yeah. Right. Like it makes me think like if North Korea wants to file for something, you're not a part of the world. You're not acting on the world and you're an- antithetical to anything that is happening in the world. You you don't come to our systems and try to do stuff. Go ahead. Good. No, 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 no. That's the, no, you, I was just going to, I was going to crown your point there. And that's, that's exactly what uh, general cigars did. They said, Hey, you're a communist country. You're nobody. You can't do that. What's a problem for Cuba is, or uh, what do we want to call it? Cuba tobacco. Yeah. Uh, tobacco. Is mm-hmm. there's not an embargo anywhere else in the world. So their products are sold elsewhere in the world. Right. And now you have General Cigars selling a Cohiba side by side with them in Canadian right. cigar shops, Mexican Correct. cigar shops, in yep. Puerto Rico's oh. Puerto Rican mm-hmm. cigar shops. Mm-hmm. So now you have this yeah. conflicting, and people go, what's real what's fake and that's where you know that's where we get into a lot of these fake cubans and stuff and then it actually harms cuba tobacco in that there's confusion or there an inferior products being marketed as theirs even if, even if general's not making it if if it's just a counterfeit cuban cigar there's so there's so much confusion they're tr- they want to get control there what the Trademark Commission, uh, the Trademark and Trial and Appeal Board decided is, yes, there is an embargo against Cuba. And they do see General's point that General should be able to have the trademark in the United States. However, they're looking at it from a world point of view. And if we all decided to lift the embargo with Cuba, which during the previous presidency was kind of hinted could happen. What happens then to the trademark? Who controls it? Scandinavian Tobacco General or Cuba, Cuba Tobacco? Cuba, yeah, well, Cuba Tobacco has nothing to do with the red dot. That's general. Uh, now, the name itself is a different story, you know, and that's what it was all about. Hey, take that, you know, take well, that. It's a, it's a trademark on the name, not necessarily a trademark on the logo or whatever we're talking it is about. it's a red dot yeah it's the red dot and that's the trademark yeah. i mean it, it makes me think about china because they do knock off stuff all the time and get away yeah with. right you know like and nobody takes them to court over stuff i mean they probably do but there's it's pointless for a country that big to try to an american company and then they copy them doing the same damn thing yeah and it, it's just it's pointless at this point it goes down. It goes back to money because everything in communist China is communist government. And what company in the United States has the money to go up against the Chinese government? Well, if the the well, here's the here's the, here's to trump that though, and that is that if China was to start making Chevrolet over in China right there, 
I guarantee you we drag their fanny into court and say, stop that crap. You don't make Chevrolet. I don't care if you're putting a, 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 a purple dot in the middle of the sea. You're not going but to do that. But how is it that. enforceable? It's not an, it, it, For a country that big, it's not enforceable. Because you've got a brand name that's being sold all over the world, primarily trademarked in Michigan of the United States. It's actually ends up being a, a world trademark because you mm-hmm. you trademark this stuff. Agreed. Chevrolet's trademarked in every free country in the world. Right. It's right. up to the communist countries whether or not they want to really rec- recognize it. They want to be right, part right. of that world. Yeah. But China, commonly in the automotive industry, will build the exact same car as mm-hmm. say they they build a Range Rover. And it right. looks like a Range Rover, but they exactly. put a different name on it. Different and, name. And right. there's just a slight difference in the design, mm-hmm. just enough that if you took it to court. There you go. Now we're talking. It's It, it, it would probably, you probably, they probably wouldn't be accused of completely counterfeiting it. It's like, it, it's hard to explain on the, the radio here, but. The uh, Lotus logo is comprised of four initials, A, C, B, C. Anthony Collins, yeah, Anthony Collins Chapman. And what they do for the counterfeit logos, the C actually extends through one of the letters, and in the counterfeit logos, they delete that little extension of it, and then it's no longer a counterfeit logo. It's a oh, different logo. Wow. Lotus people are very keen on this and are very aware where Gary could go buy a Lotus T-shirt. No offense, Gary. And you wouldn't know the difference Tell yeah, a yeah, Lotus guy came up and said, hey, that's a fake amazing. shirt. Yeah. And then that happens all the time. So they yeah. do these little differences just to stay. Right kosher yeah but i got another point joining the world stage right so like time frame matter you say you recognize something being used back in 1920 1929 whatever and but you didn't join the first world nations in the trademark thing so cohiba the one we're smoking claim the logo claim the name before you decided to get off your ass and stop being communist and join the world market. So you don't, you don't get to claim it because you aren't there first to claim it in the world trademark system. You didn't join the world trademark system until, you know, X year. So that would be my point for uh, the general cigar company. I like that. I like that. You're, you're, uh, you're looking at it a little bit wrong because you keep saying, because Cuba's communist, because Cuba's communist, communism has nothing to do with it. Okay. General thought they could get away with it because of the embargo that Cuban products cannot be sold or traded in this country. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I see your point, John. I see that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, because we block them from our market, not necessarily the world market, but our market. Because Cuba participates in the world they just don't participate in the United States. Yeah, but they also did. They also well, they weren't they weren't a total participation until later on in the century. So they never did ship all over the world until later on in the in the twentieth uh, century. So when they started doing that, that's when things started bubbling right there. And if they're canceling out distributing with America because of the embargo. With these other countries, did they put in the trademark claim before the Cohiba Blue like we're smoking now? Because if they did, then yes, that's a precedent you set you set in oh, this yeah. market. Oh, yeah. Whereas Lord, if yeah. you didn't do that, you just assumed that's your name and you're good. But you knew there was a trademark of like, well, somebody might come and take it. But I would I would be much more keen for the, 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 the Cubano from Cuba if... They have the registered trademark in the trademark system all over the world, except the U.S. because of the embargo. Then I'd be like, well, Cohiba, I guess you're when they open up, I guess you're going to have to you're going to be shit out of luck because they've got a precedence already established all over the world. And you try to take advantage of it. But if they didn't establish any of that stuff, I mean. Maybe maybe that's the, 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 the thought process, on it, but I don't know if they've established all over the world. Detail reading on this is. 
the TTAB cited in favor of the Cuban cigar conglomerate in its claim on the name, saying the General Cigar Company's registrations on the Cohiba trademark are to be canceled due to a violation of an international agreement that dates back to 1929. Yeah. So they they are looking at an international law and saying that they cannot hold the United States trademark. And I would assume the United States Trademark and Trial Appeal Board will not re-grant this trademark to Cohiba unless a court absolutely requires them to do and I can't see a court directing the government to do that. Right. No. I see. And now I'm prone to agree with you. I'm like, if they open up and I mean, you're shit out of luck, man. It's, it's yeah. who gets there right. first. And it sounds That's like the one correct. from Cuba got there first a long time ago. Well, now that, now that, well, what they've done is they have, they have retroacted that in a broad aspect of the marketing now in today's marketing. So it's, so even though I agree with the decision, I totally do. I think the U.S. in general and Scandinavia need to keep our nose out of it, rename it if they have to, and freaking reband it and do everything else they want to with it and tell them they could keep it because their marketing's out there now. So, I mean, you can keep Cohiba, same blend, different cigar. Here it is, Koshiba Kosh- or something, you know, yeah. make, your, make do, your own. Do it better because, honestly, right. like, you know, I've never had a – I don't think I've ever had a real – cuban cigar from cuba but yeah i mean just like your point you've made in the past gary about you don't want the embargo to end because you like the rarity of it freak yeah eventually it's gonna it'll get out let's say that happens it's gonna be everywhere which means the cuban cigars from cuba their rarity is going to be less people are gonna be like yeah okay i i can see they'll be able to literally buy it in the shop at trustville and go here's this and here's this man i actually don't like the Cuban as much as I like this one. It's good, but right. it's not as good as this because their expectation from the rarity skyrocketed. It. We've seen that with the, um, in my personal opinion, the horrible uh, feral flying pig. You know, people like it because it's rare, but like if you really get down to the taste of it, Correct. it's not that good. Yeah. Actually, and, and- actually, Devin, I had my first flying feral pig this week and I really enjoyed it. Oh, and it, it had is. nothing to do with the rarity. I just was going through my box and I go, geez, I got two of these things. I ought to smoke one of them and try this damn thing. Well, what you're on a secondary at, note, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Gary. On a secondary no, note right to that feral flying pig is I tried it right out of the box. And my buddy Josh has one. He has two of them sitting in his humidor that have been for, there for a year. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably buy it off of him and try it. To see if there is a difference, because right out of the humidor, it was horrible. My mine had a one year of age on it too, so oh, right. Okay. So the, I think there may be a, which is fine for cigars. The PSA: some cigars need to sit for a while. And in my opinion, yeah. the 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 more stuff they do to them, the more conditioning of the the outer wrapper and all that kind of stuff, the more they need to sit and kind of plume. Anyway, what yeah, you were well. saying. Continue your point, uh, Gary. The thing I was going to mention, though, is that now, if something were to happen, that if the if the if the drawers were to drop on the on the uh, on Cuba, you know, which is okay, whatever. Now you open yourself up not only to uh, you're looking at a small country, small, with very uh, limited supply of you know cigars. And even as of now, and I say now, I've got to reevaluate the numbers because this was as of 10 years ago. I, I, col- I, I collected the, the data off of this. The U.S. being illegally um, uh, representing uh, or, or actually purchasing the Cuban uh, tobacco or the Cuban cigars were number three in the world. Number three in the world as of the purchasing of Cuban cigars and that's right. being illegal. So now if you jack that up to number one, which is, which would happen, that would be, that would be no problem at all. Now you're looking at a small country with small output, trying to match the market and trying to go. So what does that do? In my opinion, what does that, that opens up, I think a little, little bit of a, a door for counterfeiting, you know, which already exists, 
rushing uh, the but, the production. Oh, oh, by all means, rushing. We've production, seen that with uh, it out there, right? Well, we've seen that. In my opinion, we've seen that in the brand that shall not be named. There you um, go. There you go. Yeah, right. I, I think you're. So, I think you're onto something. I, I just. I think it's inevitable. I think it, it, Cuba becoming it, open to the world is inevitable. It will eventually happen. I, I think it will, but I think it's, I think this is going to have to be well, right now with Russia, the way they are right now, you know, you never know what the freak's going to go on politically with anything, but nevertheless, I think on, on down the line, it very well could happen. That's going to be our next cigar boom. If that happens, yeah. they're going to be, it's going to be nuts. There, there's right. going to be people rushing to the cigar store, wondering what it is about a Cuban cigar. I'd like to do an episode one day, if it ever happens while we're doing this podcast or something like, let's say it happens in the next 10 years and we're still doing it. I'd love to do the future of cigars at that point, like a re a redoing of an episode of the future of cigars, uh, 20 years, 50 years, a hundred years, a thousand years, you know, like where's cigars going? What's, what's the predictions we can make for the future? Um, and the way I'm trying to think legacy. That's why I'm referring back to Cuba again yeah, and the, gotcha, and the yeah. uh, Cohiba cigars and the branding and stuff like that, because I think the longer they be, they stay this rarity, the longer their life potentially will become in the future. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sure. If they open up tomorrow, there's going to be this massive boom, bam, 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 bam. And it's going to hit pretty hard for like, I would say 10 years maybe 20 and then it'll start dipping and then you know who knows what'll happen in the world and it may start rising up but the longer they they wait the more what is that potential energy they build up mm-hmm. 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 yeah i Just mean uh, well as of cigars right now cigars have come a long way as of right now you know multiple blends now of course they're 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 strolling across countries now uh, tobacco is, and it's being grown all over the place. And I would have to probably hesitate. There's not too much stuff done in Alaska, but nevertheless, it's gone all over the place, you know, uh, and, and it's, it, they have just changed dynamically size, uh, quality, everything else, you know, uh, as well as price. So I just wish the government will leave it alone and let us do our thing. Gary, God. John, you imagine if one day in our lifetime they take a Cuban seed and they grow it on Mars. Oh, wow. You imagine what Martian tobacco would taste like? <laughs> Probably pretty good. Unfortunately, our soon-to-be resident Martian, he seems to be more into the wacky weed as opposed to cigars ah, ah, based ah, on his ah, Joe Rogan ah, appearance. Ah, That's true. Ah. That's true. I love it. That's Can you great. imagine taking your marijuana seed and growing it on Mars? Heck yeah. It would be just like growing it down here in a hydroponically controlled environment. Because yeah, that's right. That's what they're going to do there. Right. I'm going to throw out, we're kind of a straying a little bit away from the, the Cohiba thing. If you, listeners, if you really want to jump in, this gets to be a really interesting story because all of a sudden Altidus gets involved, which at the time uh, was owned by, or is also, was, is, I think, I think Altidus USA is actually for sale because they were owned, but Altidus worldwide is owned by Imperial Tobaccos, which guess what owns 50% of uh, Cubana Tobacco, Tobacolera. And they're ones that they were the one co- one of the companies pushing this lawsuit because guess what they've got a fifty percent interest and of course they control uh, pre revolution cigar our cigar names uh, Monte Cristo Romeo Julieta and H Upman so there's a little that comes into play so Altidus gets gets thrown into this mix and right. then there's actually a point in time where the Supreme Court decline to hear or make a decision on this ruling there's a time that uh cuba won this lawsuit because it was cited and i I can't remember what court overturned it because they actually overturned the ta ttab who had found in favor of 
um, general at the time, but that decision got overturned because general had let their trademark lapse. And now we're actually getting into some of the lawsuits over type fonts and type typesetting. And it's, that was a big deal. You know, I I do the little legal thing on this show because I enjoy diving into this and reading through and, it, this is a this is just a cool side drama to the Cuban cigar discussion. You think they're they're continuing it just uh just because it makes money? They don't want to make a decision because it, everybody's making money. Sure, it's a marketing uh, it's a marketing ploy. That's what I was trying. That's why I wanted to try to get over to y'all guys. You guys is all of this is a marketing ploy, and again, general or Scandinavian now could take their name and they could change it. They could, and they can market it out. Hey, this was the former, former Cohiba name. We're having to change now, but the blend hasn't changed, blah, blah, blah. It's now, uh, the ST blend, you know, Scandinavian tobacco. Okay. It's something to that effect, but now the marketing's out there. It's out there. They, they put it all over the news. They put it all over the web. And all of that. And now Cohiba now has their freaking name back and they can be happy about it. But they're not going to change because Cohiba tobacco, Cohiba cigars have always been rolled the same way. They're in Cuba. It's a Cuban puro. There's nothing going to change about it. They're going to continue cultivating the exact same way where Scandinavian tobacco can take it and they can blend it and they can mix it, which they have. And continue blending it and doing playing with it and grow it and do whatever they want to with it. And so they literally, in my opinion, they have the leverage on this whole marketing deal to say, hey, listen, we're going to change everything on it and see what happens where Cuba's just going to have to suck wind, do with what they got and just keep on clicking. And guess what? After that, you will not hear the Cohiba name again until you buy a Cuban Cohiba. It's not going to be floated anymore. So guess what? Their sales are going to go down. Their sales are going to suffer because now it's no more marketing. It's done. So Cubano tobacco or Cuba tobacco needs to leave this crap alone, continue appealing and let this thing roll, spend money, throw it in the courts, keep going, let marketing blow up and have both companies do real well. You know, you'll find out my, later they'll join together. I wouldn't doubt <laughs> it. in the future. I wouldn't doubt it at all. I wouldn't doubt it at all because it, because Altidus of of uh, Altidus of U.S. is not Altidus of Spain. Altidus of Spain is a totally different company, and Altidus did the exact same thing. They did the exact same thing. You know, Habano's SA, same thing. It's a it's a that is a uh, a sort almost like a certification, if you will, of Cuban tobacco. We we. Uh, to let you know that this is the real McCoy. If you ever go into a uh, a a uh, wherever it may be, either Canada or wherever uh, uh, Nicaragua or Mexico or whatever else, and you go into a cigar lounge, it's going to have the Abano SA tag on the window, letting you know that all of this craft certified. It is from there. Nothing's fake. That's it. You know. So I mean. It's it, they very they very well could join forces after everything opens up, but that's that's going to have to happen. You know, like you say, if the the border drops, I can see something like that happening. I really can, um, and it, that would be exciting. Really would uh, on both behalves. John it really you, would. Do you see this uh, this debate uh, of those two two things going? How long do you see it going on? It's hard to say. I think Cuba is going to stand their ground and they'll keep fighting it because what do they care? It's the people's money. Right. Scandinavian tobacco will argue it and fight it because what do they care? They get to write write the lawsuit money off. There's advantage, you know, they don't care that they're spending the money or doing the fighting. Gary's right. They do get a little publicity, but it's you've got to be a real big cigar geek to pay attention to it. And then if you're that big of a cigar geek, do you really care? Well, the Cohiba name is out there for a reason. And that's because they it was it was the biggest name and and Fidel Castro made that big in that particular area right there. You know, um, 
Yeah, because it was a bodyguard of Fidel Castro that shared some private supplies of cigar and a local artesian named Eduardo Rivera. And to let him know that, hey, these are Castro's production. These are Castro's blend in the in the Cohiba. And they said, oh, really? Oh, wow. And then, of course, now it, it got out. When that got out, then here we go. And so it's it's going to be significant because it's a Cohiba name. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in court. It, it's just going to banter back and forth. And they're going to find different angles and different aspects and until the Supreme Court would actually make a decision or trade with Cuba opens back up, there's not going to be a decision. Mm, I agree. Technically, the way things stand right now, if you wanted to, Devin, you could have cigars manufactured and sell them under the Cohiba name. Now, you're going to get sued by two entities but <laughs> who have a lot more money than you, but it is not a trademark name in the United States. You know, General really has nothing to sue you over until they actually get control of the trademark back. But, you know, Cuba might sue you. Oh, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. I can do um, the the um, the feminine version, Koshiba. See, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Koshiba. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, gender neutral version. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Koshiba? No, the they, go, they go. They go. <laughs> it, it does. On the band, it goes. It goes ka hyphen ba kahaba 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 I'm not going to get into any further. No, there. Wait, no, I don't go any further. <laughs> so, what are you guys thinking of the cigar? I'm loving it. I'm loving uh, mine. I am. Really you as a Cohiba Blue Virgin, Devin, what do you think of it? I oh, yes. I smoked the first half of it with a cigar tip. Um. And then I found myself like enjoying the flavor because it isolates it. When I took it off, which we'll go into cigar tips in another episode. When I took it off, I found I was enjoying the cigar a little bit more because I get the taste and everything on it. And it does like their 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 flavor notes of the sweetness accompanied with a creamy hints of leather and earth and bread and cinnamon and they you get all that almost consistently all the way through the moment I think the smoke is going to be too hot. It's really just flavor. It's not hot and it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm trying to tell myself to smoke slower so that I can enjoy it better, but that's not happening. Um, I'm liking everything about it so far. It's definitely, if I were to put it in the category, it's good. It would be something like I saw it on the shelf and I can't decide what cigar I want to get for like a golf outing. I'd add that to my to my purchase list. It would be on the list. It'd be one I'd just look over and go, Thanks. I know I'm going to enjoy that. Yes, sir. Sure would. Not because yeah, it's man. like some, like, you know, $45 cigar or something that I know is, like, absolutely stunning or my personal favorite, but I know it's good, and it's not going to leave me wanting. Man, I'd give me a box of these in a second, buddy. I probably would, too, to be honest with you. I sure yeah, would. I'm trying to figure out. I can't. I lost my receipt. I'm trying to figure out what those actually cost. They go. I think they're running close to fifteen plus. I think, John, but I'm not sure. Oh, uh, I think I got the receipt in the bag over here, buddy. Hold on a second. Hold on, y'all. Let me get the receipt. I think, Don, John, you put it in the bag. You did, didn't you? Okay. So I can tell you from my standpoint of. Being a Padron fan and then becoming an even more lately as an Aroa fan, Aroa has become my cigar of choice. Like, I can't decide. I know I'm going to enjoy that. This, in my limited mind, is the flavor, is is like a flavored version of that level of enjoyment. It just has got a little bit more complex flavors to it. Yeah, it's, it looks like... Um... Actually, don't don't give it, Gary. Let me let me find it. There's a reason behind that, but give me a minute. This is the six by fifty four we're smoking here. Okay, fifty four. We're on audio. Crap, man. Dang. It's all right. Sorry, guys. I, I I do, man. We've done this show so long in video, and I I'm doing all kinds of crap on camera over here, and Devin's He's like, like, hey, look oh, at this. <laughs> stop. You know and. 
I'm like, dang it! I keep forgetting. Just like yeah, he was, he was holding up the receipt to the I camera because we're all I looking at each indeed. other. Right? Yeah, so it's like, anyway. um, I'm sure the audio listener loves the ASMR yeah, yeah, of receipt crumpling. And I'm one of those kind of guys too that I also listen to an audio podcast and I go, why are you? Why are you? Say, okay, it's in the camera. Well, I can't see it, you know. And I'm one of those kind <laughs> of gripe about it, you know. So and here I am doing it. We're smoking the uh, six by fifty four. And uh, that retails for. Let me make sure I got that. Yeah, thirteen seventy nine a stick. Yes, sir. This 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 is about that range. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm, in my head, I'm doing a comparison to the Aroa okay. Box Press twentieth. That's about fifteen, and okay. this flavor profile fits in there. You guys asked me what I thought about this cigar. Yeah, what about it, John? John, what do you think? I. I'll be honest. I've always avoided Cohibas. I want to say, especially the uh, uh, Cohiba Connecticut's because they do have a little bit of a premium to them. Where did I lose? I just set down the price of that one. Uh, yeah, the Cohiba Connecticut in the same size is twenty six thirty nine. Ooh, I bet it's worth Jeez. it. I bet it's worth it for for thirteen seventy nine. This could easily fall into my rotation. Right. For $13.79, it's a very good stick for the price. Um, you know, that it recently has went up a couple of dollars. I would have bet I would bet that a six, eight months ago you could have bought this for sub $13. Uh so I do th I think that the values there. And if it was 20, probably not. I have my feelings about a $27 Cohiba, Connecticut. But, and part of it is it's a little bit expensive. But at 13, 14 bucks for it's not a bad price. any size in the blue, give this, it's, it's really, really worth a try. Yeah. I'd agree. As somebody new to it, I would agree. That would, I, I've got to go back to the I store do. and get some cigars. Oh. And I'll probably pick up one while I'm there because uh, I want to try it again. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking Heaven's Hill Kentucky bourbon with it. And it's really, it's a nice bourbon. It's got oh, a little bit of yeah. on the back end. But it goes really well with this uh, Cohiba Blue. And I'd like to try it with a scotch. You know, I want to try it with different libations just to see which one uh, pairs with it really well. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, John. This is definitely a... Uh, Add to the repertoire of that "quote unquote" fifteen dollar stick. Just generally oh, speaking, yeah. I know it's under fifteen, but it, in my head, it's classified as a fifteen dollar stick. That's correct, and that, that's why I thought it was. I, I thought it was going to be over fifteen bucks myself. As a matter of fact, I thought it was going to be closer to seventeen, but I was. I did too. Wrong. I did too. Um, Man, yeah, it definitely has the flavor hits that I wasn't expecting, and like I said, Co uh, 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 Aroa has become my go to i know i'm going to enjoy it i love the the taste of the the spice of it even though it's not spicy it just tastes natural and um it's kind of a cuban cigar too in my opinion um and this fits right in like right next to it in that you have the aroa that's got kind of like the natural cuban tobacco flavor and then you've got this cohiba Great. blue which has kind of almost it's not flavored let me let me preface it it's not flavored but it's got so many flavor notes in it that they're they're like brothers or they're like cousins or something to one another. I will let you know this, and that is that this, of course, I've had many Cuban cigars. I've had a lot. I've had my fair share. And this right here, and and uh, I, I may get beat up for it, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'll go ahead and say it. I will. This right here. It, as it gets about a third of the way down, starts tasting like a Cuban Cohiba. Okay. That's good to know because I've never had a Cuban cigar. Yeah. Yeah. So that right there literally tastes like a, a Cuban Cohiba. It does. Yeah. About a third of the way down, it starts off real smooth. Uh, where a lot of your Partagas and uh, uh, Cohiba and uh, uh, Trinidad, all of those, they start off with a bang. Bang. And they got flavor all the way down. Right. This right here starts off smooth and, of course, works its, it works its way up as it goes down. But yeah, it sure does. It's just dang skippy good. It really is. Gotcha. And um, I'm loving it. 
Yes. And, and remember everybody head over to, um, we have that Cohiba cigar listed on our website. Feel free to go over there. You can make purchases and, uh, follow and subscribe to, uh, smoking underground. You can find us at smokingunderground.com. And the best thing you can do for us is just tell a friend, just let somebody know you got a buddy of yours who he's smoking or he's just getting into it. I'm telling you, we do a shorter form than some of the larger podcasts. And I think that's our strong point. Um, thank you, John, for the editing to make it a shorter form <laughs> and you share it with somebody, somebody new specifically, they won't, they're going to find some of this information interesting. It's going to be wet in the palate, you know, it's cigars and more and, uh, Vitola fine cigars. I mean, if you're seeing them in our shops, just, and you listen to the show, just say, Hey man, I really think you should check this out. You might like it. And Devin did mean the Cohiba Blue is available on BirminghamCigars.com. What did I it say? It is not available on smoking. You said our website. Oh. So I'm specifying BirminghamCigars.com right. has a Cohiba Blue or actually just about any of the Cohibas. The new uh, special edition Royale just came out. I have no idea what the pricing is, but I guarantee you buy one of those, you get free shipping on everything else in your order. Heard that. But the, the great thing about... Uh, Stop by one of the brick and mortars and uh, grab one. Uh, the great thing you can find on Smoking Underground is links to some of our uh, paraphernalia is not the right word, but uh, <laughs> some of the equipment no, we like to use. Peripherals. Yeah, peripherals. For peripherals. like smoking. Our recommended cigar accessories. Yeah, accessories. cigar accessories. That's a good way to say it. That's a better way to say it. We highly recommend you check that out because we're all three avid cigar smokers. I'm the youngest one in the group for cigar smoking, so... We know our tools. We know it works when it doesn't work, you know, and we put on there what we use and what we like to use. So check it out. You may find it very intriguing. Specifically, I want to point out a, a cigar accessory that has become a regular in my pocket besides my lighter. And that's um, it's a, uh, a cigar spear, but it's a combination. It's got a punches on it and it's got a fork on it and a spear on it all in one. You'll find that on smokingunderground.com, um, as well as a link to uh, the monogram number nine, which is a cigar health thing, which I got a chance, by the way, to give out to somebody recently in my second copy. But um, that's, uh, I think that's about it for the cigar show, unless uh, John's got any more to add. I think we've gone through a lot of the legal stuff as far as, you know, the Cahaba, the, the Cahaba, listen to me, the Cohiba is concerned. Um, Cahaba. Ah, just remember to like share subscribe uh thank you john thank you gary thank y'all very much appreciate everything what y'all done and uh thank y'all for watching or i'm sorry thank y'all for listening <laughs> and uh hopefully uh, uh hopefully you'll stay tuned on further podcasts too because we enjoy doing this appreciate y'all wasting your time with us just a couple of cigar geeks here that's about all love sharing the news tell a friend about us we appreciate you listening and if you really enjoy finding any value in what Devin, gary and i babble about jump over to smokingunderground.com and just buy us a cup of coffee there you go right on